This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Well, here we are back into another week of The Michael Wall Show. And let me just start off and say, Happy Mother's Day. If you're listening to this on radio, you'll know it's airing on Mother's Day. So I'm sure you're sitting around with your moms and giving them their favorite gifts and uh, just all cozied up as a family listening to the Michael Wall Show. So we appreciate that. You know, it's a great time to uh, gain knowledge, live well, and and really live with purpose. And that's uh, the whole purpose of this show is each and every week, if you're first-time listener, we want to thank you for joining us. I know there's several different markets that we're in, as well as uh, folks all over the world listening via podcast. We appreciate you dialing in. If you are listening via radio, I'm going to challenge you You know, a lot of folks out there say, you know, I just don't have the time to listen to the whole show, and there's some segments that I'd like to catch. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and subscribe to the show. So just get your smartphone, and you can dial in. Just subscribe to Michael Wall Show. Find your favorite podcast app. You can subscribe to the Michael Wall Show there, or just go to michaelwallshow.com, and there's some simple, easy ways where you can dial in, subscribe, and all that goes with that. But, hey, here's to a good week, and I hope you're having fun. This week, we're going to talk specifically about a couple things. We're going to talk about uh, excellence, increasing your influence, and what you're doing now that's going to affect your future. It's very important. We're going to discuss that. That's in the motivational segment. We're also going to have a special segment for moms, all the moms out there. So if you got a mom... Uh, or you uh, are soon going to be a mom. I have a good friend that's getting ready to have a baby. She is soon going to be a mom. That's going to be an exciting venture, an exciting world. And, of course, I have a mother. My mom had uh, three of us, myself and uh, my two sisters. Great, great time. She did a great job doing a lot of hard work. A lot of moms are under-recognized, and they, they should be recognized more. We're going to have a segment called Markets and Moms. We're going to talk about what's going on with the markets in general, whether or not they're going to continue to stay as they are, or should, will they go down with all the interest rates and things, and moms and money, and what's going on there, and how can moms be better prepared. There's a lot of, a lot of women that outlive men, a lot of independent women today, and so what are some things that they can be doing to improve their life and their wealth? And then we have a special segment today, I guess I should say, on pro-athletes. I don't know if you knew this or not, but many pro athletes, two years after retirement, actually go broke. So there's some uh, thoughts here around them and some things that they can be doing and some things that are interesting in general about them and their money. And then we have a a final segment that I'm really excited about. These guys I met a little while back, and Ricky Aiken is his name. He's the founder of Inner City Innovators. Grew up in a really, really rough spot, and he's literally stayed there, transformed, came to the Lord, and his life has completely changed. And now he's in a place where he stayed where he grew up in a rough area, and he's he's fighting the battle of getting drugs off the street and changing mindset and uh, reducing violence, all of these different things. Ricky's doing a great job, but you're not going to want to miss that. That's coming up a little bit later. But as we get started here, let's jump into the motivational segment and uh, one, one quick question that I have for you, or one quick favor, as most of you know, I'll just mention this show is actually powered by Wall Private Wealth. Many of you know I have a private wealth firm where we help families uh, protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. Our minimum is a million dollars, and then we have a $25 million private wealth division. We also have a pro-athlete division. So we have three divisions there, helping families protect, grow, reduce taxes on their wealth. And I'm going to challenge you, if you've listened to the show and you've enjoyed the content, 
do me a favor and, and give us your feedback, whether it's on Facebook. Just go ahead and go right to Michael D. Wall. Michael D. as in David. Michael D. Wall. And you can give us your feedback. And then also go to uh, iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or wherever you're subscribed to the show. Rate us well. We appreciate your five-star ratings as well as comments on what you've heard, what you like, and and what you'd like to hear in general. So dialing into this motivational segment, what you're doing now prepares the way for the future. Now, you know, a lot of times in life we, we look at that and we say, yeah, I know that. I mean, we tell our kids when they're younger, hey, listen, learn this. We start out simple, like the alphabet, <laughs> you know, like A, B, C. That's kind of important because if you don't know how to uh, do the alphabet, then you can't read. Uh, and then we start with math, real basic. You know, 2 plus 2 is 4, and 4 plus 4 is 27. I'm just kidding, it's 8. I just want to make sure you're paying attention. You know, we start with these basics, and we know that the basics are going to put us in a place down the road where we're going to be able to do more things. But oftentimes as we get older in life, we don't realize that what we're doing now is going to prepare us for the future. And you might find yourself right now in life in a job where you're, you know, maybe you don't love your job. You don't love what you're doing. You, you wish you were maybe starting your own company or doing your own thing. Or maybe you're the CEO of a company. Maybe you are in the place where you're a C-level executive and you're doing what you're doing. And maybe you love it. Maybe you don't. But, you know, we always want to look to that next level. And I want to challenge you to be thinking about what we are doing now is actually going to have a huge impact and effect on where we're going to be in the future. A couple of examples that I mean by that is that let's just say you're on the, on the side where you're starting out and you're kind of working a job. You know, back in my history... I started out in the very beginning, 2000, actually the year 2000, and I actually worked, believe it or not, for a distribution center for Walmart. So I was the guy that was stacking pallets, reaching under and pulling big bags of sugar and boxes of, you know, water and boxes of, uh, you know, fruit juice, all kind of stuff, stacking it up and then wrapping it with uh, wrap and, and sending it off into the trucks. I did that for about 10 months. And then I went and worked in another job in Scott Electric. And uh, you know, all the way while I was doing those jobs, I was in a place where I was not happy. I was not happy. I wasn't using my gifts and I wasn't using my potential abilities that were in there. They just weren't coming out. And so I was in a place where I started to really say, you know what? When I was in college, I sold books door to door in the summertime. I listened to a lot of motivational information, a lot of great stuff. Zig Ziglar was a big part of my life prayed a lot, read a lot of scripture, and I was in a place where I was really mentally on point. But I got through a season where I kind of forgot some of that, and I was kind of doing my day-to-day, -day and I, I wasn't happy with life. You've probably been there before. And I had to make a mental decision and make a decision that I was going to make a mental shift and say, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to start to do more now so I can prepare for the future. So I started listening again to motivational things. I started reading information. I started kind of saying, I'm going to make better choices. I'm going to take, you know, as the scripture says, every thought captive. I'm not going to stew and dwell on negative thoughts. I'm going to push that out of my mind and I'm going to think positively. I'm going to look for the best. I'm going to realize that things that happen to me that I can't control is my responsibility to uh, mentally say, I'm going to get through this. I remember the scripture in, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. In a lot of ways, that was my life first. And so I continued to press on and push on and I started until I started my first company in 2001. 
And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I had no idea where it was going to go. But we grew and grew and grew. And now 17 years later, we look back and we say, geez, I've, I've been so blessed through a lot of hard work and being uh, patient and, and, and just being open to new opportunities. And we've now we've shared thoughts for CNBC and Fox Business and Bloomberg and Wall Street Journal, still contribute to Forbes from time to time, wrote a couple books and have several companies as well as this show. All because of hard work. But I can tell you it was only because I took the time and I took the effort and made the effort and took the steps to actually do what I needed to do. Great thoughts, great ideas are terrific. But application and actually making steps to do it is better. So the other thing that you got to know is your excellence will increase your influence. And as you're working towards whatever that next level is in your life, whether you're a CEO or whether you're a C-level executive and you say, you know what, hey, I want to sell this company and I want to go start a nonprofit that's really going to change the world or I want to you know, uh, retire and really add value to my community or whatever you want to do, or maybe you want to grow a business, you want to have a story, maybe similar to what, what I just shared in, in my path. Well, I got to tell you that we have to be in a place that we have to be focused on the now. We must be focused on the now and on the current. You know, I heard a, uh, another gentleman, he was a, a military guy, talking about your success starts with making your bed. <laughs> and, I thought, you know, it's really kind of true. Now, I don't make my bed every day, full disclosure, so let me just be honest. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, sometimes you're like, I hate making my bed. But, you know, it's, it's interesting that it is true. It's the little things that we do. And what it reminds me of is the idea of excellence. One of the things that we strive to do in this show is never be stagnant. We always want to be looking for new ideas and different ideas where we can bring thoughts and new ideas to you. That way you can say, wow, that was really cool. Take that and apply it to your life. And as you apply it to your life, you improve and you become the person you've been called to do. You live the purpose that you've been called to live. And that's really the intention of this show, not only just to help you with your wealth, to help you with uh, just ideas and thoughts, but to really motivate you to say, you know, I'm going to take action. And while you're taking action, wherever you are, whether you're a CEO of a company, C-level exec, retired uh, whether you're a pro athlete and at the, in your prime of your career or whether you're just starting out and trying to figure life out, I'm going to encourage you that excellence, your excellence, not someone else's, but your excellence will increase your influence. And as you do things well, people will notice. And I'm going to give you a quick story. My family and I, we were at Taco Bell. I love to think outside the box. Or no, I'm sorry. Think outside the bun. Well, geez, they're marketing, spending all these money in marketing and see I got it wrong. But we were sitting there, my family and I, uh, the other weekend, and we were in the middle of a soccer game. The kids were playing soccer. We had some time. We need to go eat quick. So we went and, and went there. And there was this girl that was there, and she had uh, taken our order. You know, what would you like to order? We gave the order. And after we, we, uh, she took the order, um, you know, she was going, and she put it, put it in and did some different things. But it wasn't that busy. So she leaves from behind the counter, and she comes out to where everybody sits, and she actually, she has a rag and she's starting to wipe down the tables and, and wipes down all the different tables. And now all the tables are wiped down. We're still sitting there eating. And she goes and she literally gets on her knees and starts wiping the, the pulls of the chair, the actual feet of the chair. And I thought, I've never seen this before. And she was smiling all along the way, having a great attitude. And my son uh, Cyrus went up to her and he said, boy, I just want you to know you're a really good worker. And I got to tell you, this girl... That was minimum wage or whatever it was, working at Taco Bell, was performing her job with excellence. 
I can guarantee you that if I was in a place that I was looking for an employee and I was sitting there and I was watching her do it, I would definitely be saying, hey, uh, I'd like to talk to you about a position that we have at our company because it's rare. The quality of excellence is rare. And so I want to challenge you in your life to look at how you do everything that you do each and every day and ask yourself, am I doing this with excellence? Is there a way I could do it better? Is there a way I could add more value? Is there a way I could be a better steward with my time? And all of those things put together will develop to really move you and continue to move you towards your purpose. And that is my challenge for you, is to continue to do things to move towards your purpose. Well, coming up next, we got a segment specifically and especially designed for moms, moms and money. You don't want to miss it. We're coming back at you right after this. Hi, it's Michael Wall here. Have you ever wondered how to find the right financial advisor or what investments should I be invested in? Or how do I transition and reposition my portfolio as I move into the retirement stage of life? The investment needs in retirement are different than those while you're working. What we've done is we've put together a simple, easy to understand video series that you're going to love. Go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the Retire Well video series. When you click on that, you're going to have the opportunity to enter your information and then get exclusive access to a video series I've created just for you to help you get simple information that is going to be profound in helping you achieve the retirement you've always wanted. Again, go to leanonthewall.com to access the Retire Well video series. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. Catch up on previous episodes at michaelwallshow.com. Now, back to the show. There you go. We like that. That's a classic about the moms coming home. But yeah, or somebody's coming home. Actually, moms are already at home. They're saying, hey, come join me. You know, it's interesting uh, in our world today, we look at life and sometimes we can underestimate myself included, and not be as thankful as we should sometime for our moms. And, you know, if you've ever had children, if you're out there as you're listening to this and you're, you've ever had kids, you know exactly the value of having a mom in your life and having someone to take care of your needs. I, I, uh, I pulled some funny facts or fun facts, I guess I should say, about moms. I don't know if you knew this or not, but 2 billion people in the world are moms, which is kind of interesting. 82.5 million in the U.S. So 82 and a half million people in the U.S. are moms. And we have a lot more women in the workforce today than we ever did. Now, here's an interesting thought. There's 72% of moms with children over one year old basically work about the same as childless women versus 39% in 1976. Now, here's the point to that. The stresses on being a mom today are way different, much more than it ever used to be. But it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. And we want to say first and foremost, thank you to those moms out there that have made the effort, that are making the effort, that are often not recognized like they should be. You know, they're there, they're, they're packing lunches for their kids for school, or they're making snacks when they come back from school, or they're, or they're just there to kind of help out around the house and whatever. And some of those moms, a lot of those moms today are even working. So they're literally going out and they're working and then they're coming home and they're still doing those things. So we just want to say to all the moms out there that we appreciate you 
And we're thankful for your effort and your time and your just input and all that you've done in society today. Because at the end of the day, without without moms, there would be no society. There would be no kids. There would be no future generation. And so we appreciate you. You know, it can be challenging when you talk about moms and women in general and finances, because we, we live in a world where the whole dynamic of wealth is really changing. You know, it used to be back in the day that a lot of, of men, quite honestly, were the ones that were taking care of the finances. You know, men would go out and they would be the ones working and they would come home and the moms would be at home in a lot of ways and the moms would be taking care of the home. But that whole dynamic has really shifted. And now there's a lot of moms that are that are out working. There's a lot of moms that are actually the, the breadwinners, if you will, for the family. Sometimes even when in families where the husbands are out working, moms are at home taking care of the household finances. They're the ones paying the bills and, and running the checkbooks and, and all of these different things. So women have a great role in finances today. And I just wanted to take a few minutes and talk about women and money, as well as uh, some things in general about what's going on with the markets and, and what we can expect to help them and help all of us have a little better kind of answer or idea or solution as to where our wealth and money will go. You know, when you take a look at some things, I had a story uh, or, or a interaction the other day with a lady that her husband had a great uh, company, passed away, and now she's in a place where she's literally... Uh, left with the trust. And so because she wasn't involved day in and day out with the monies, I I feel like just from brief conversation, he's kind of taken advantage of. And that happens quite honestly, a lot of times in general financially, because a lot of people don't really know and understand the whole financial world. You know, they don't understand the difference between a broker and a fiduciary and insurance agent only and and some different things. By the way, a little little side note here. If you want a uh, just a c- real clear five, six, seven minute explanation. You know, I guess some of the differences simply outlaid in the financial world today. I'm going to challenge you to go to leanonthewall.com. Go to leanonthewall.com. And when you go there, you can click on a video that says avoiding financial salesmen, really salesmen and women, but avoiding financial salesmen and understanding the differences of that will help empower you to make better decisions. So go to leanonthewall.com. You're not going to want to miss that. The more educated you are, the better decisions that you make. But this is a big, big issue because now we're seeing that the world, you know, not just for the way it's changed in women being more in the workforce and women being more involved financially, but the other thing that I mentioned that I think is quite interesting is the busyness of moms and, and women in life in general and how, you know, we said that statistic, 72% of moms with children over one year old are in the workforce, where in 1976, only 39%. Well, that kind of creates a, a struggle a little bit because what that tells us is our world is much, much busier. Our days are much, much busier and it can be challenging to say, okay, how can I make sure that my finances are managed directly and correctly? And one of the ways you can do that is tune in here each and every week to the Michael Wall Show as we give you thought and insight to kind of help you make those decisions. But the other thing you want to do is, as moms can be, become more educated, is to really kind of say, okay, I'm going to take full responsibility and I'm going to take accountability and I'm going to take uh, the make the effort really to learn what you need to learn so you can uh, get educated. And again, one other thing that we did, it's a real simple example, our best-selling book, Retire Once, Retire Well. I want to offer that to to moms out there today. If you go to michaeldwall.com, michaeldwall, it just says my name sounds, michaeldwall.com, 
for all the moms out there, you you head there, and what we're going to do is we're going to give every all the moms a free copy of my best selling book called Retire Once, Retire Well, and it basically is going to give you. Uh, some ways to think outside the box and think differently, be educated, and be better prepared for your own future and your own retirement. So again, Michael D. Wall, all you got to do is cover shipping and handling, michaeldwall.com, and we'll make sure we get you a free copy of that book and that can help educate you. Because the more educated you are and the more you take the ownership to control your future, moms, the better off you're going to be. And the other thing is the more empowered you'll be, the more confident you'll be, because now you'll be making better decisions. This is very, very important when you take a look at your own financial wealth and your own financial future. Whether you're in a place where you have significant wealth that you've inherited or uh, that has been left over, maybe you've built it yourself, maybe you've built a company. There's a lot of women today that are owners of businesses. You know, and one of the questions they have is, how do I transition this business well? Or how do I do what I need to do well? And there's answers for that out there. And again, that book will help you with a lot of that information. But I wanted to play a clip real quick to kind of help the moms and everyone else out there understand a little bit about markets. Because, you know, one of the questions that's been asked is, are the markets going to continue to go up? Will they continue to go sideways? In fact, if you take a look at the Dow or even the S&P, which is what I like to use, the S&P 500, for those of you who aren't aware, is basically the 500 largest companies in America, and they're basically an unmanaged basket of stocks. And if we take a look at the S&P 500, our last peak was on January 26th, 2018. That was the last peak. And the, the S&P was around uh, 2,800 roughly. The S&P right now is around 2,600. And if you look at the market since then, it's basically gone sideways and a lot of questions that have come is what's going to push this market back up is, well, what's going to happen with earnings? And there's a little clip here uh, from a gentleman that I thought was interesting. Matt Mealy is his name. And I want to play that for you now. Everybody's been saying, well, don't worry. The earnings season are going to, is going to bail us out. And sure enough, we've had a fabulous earnings season so far. But the, the problem is that this, for these fabulous earnings of up 20 percent or actually more than 20 percent hasn't moved the S&P at all. In fact, the S&P is actually down slightly. If we can't get the, the rest of earnings season, really it's going to come through the rest of this week and maybe early in the next week, if that can't be a catalyst to take the market higher, uh, these other issues, I think, are going to re reassert themselves, and that could pose a problem for the market. So last year we had a situation where every good news, bad news, no matter what, the market went up. Went up. Now, not so much. So the, the psychology is starting to change a little bit. So here we are. We see that, you know, just what he said, last year, 2017, good news, bad news, market just keeps going up like crazy gangbusters. And now all of a sudden this year, we have tremendous news with earnings coming out, companies are making money over 20% on average. You know, a lot of companies are making lots and lots of money they're making, and yet it's still not enough to push the markets up. It's been sideways for the last couple months. Which leads us to say, I believe, me personally, I'm giving my own personal opinion here, I really believe that the markets are in a place where they are starting somewhat of a reversal of trend. And why is that? Well, because, you know, the markets have been in a bull run. Uh, they've been up for, you know, roughly the beginning of 2009, March, roughly of 09 is when the market started to really recover fully. And then we had a pause period of 2014 to 2016, but never a real full correction. And then the markets continued to go up. And now we're in a place where as of basically the end of January, beginning of February, we're starting to see really a sideways market, which causes us to know that markets either go one of three ways, if you didn't know this. And when I talk about markets, I'm talking about the stock market, which affects investments that you might have in the stock market. 
Your market's either going to go up, it's going to go down, it's going to go sideways. And this has become a really, really challenging question of how do we protect ourselves? Now, a lot of people are talking about bonds right now. Should we go to bonds? And that's a good question that uh, I want to, I don't have quite time to dive into this segment. We're running close to the end of the segment, but I'm going to jump next segment into should we move into bonds? Why or why not? And I'm going to reference an article from Roger Ibbotson, which is a Yale professor. He's also a fellow that I had met and we did some work together at the New York Stock Exchange. He is uh, the owner of Zebra Capital. It's a hedge fund, about $2 billion hedge fund. But I'm going to talk about some of the conversation that he has had, we've had, and then also his article that he wrote in Forbes about whether or not bonds should be what we look to use as ways to protect ourselves. Also, we got the pro-athlete conversation about their wealth and their monies coming up right after this. Are you concerned with all the uncertainty that's happening in our country today and how it will affect your finances? Hi, I'm Michael Wall, founder of Wall Private Wealth and the host of The Michael Wall Show. I've written a simple, easy-to-read book that can help you cut through the nonsense of the financial world as well as empower you on how to make better financial decisions. Be a better steward of your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com right now to get your copy. Welcome back to The Michael Wall Show. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. Going for speed. Going the distance. I used to love this song. I remember back, uh, good old cake. I don't know if you like chocolate or vanilla, but uh, cake was uh, neither. They were a band uh, back in the day and, and shared thought. I remember when I sold books door to door in the summertime, <laughs> this was a song that we actually used uh, just to kind of encourage and everything out there, kind of get you motivated. And all that kind of stuff. Well, hey, we're diving back into the Michael Wall Show. And if you've missed the first couple segments, first segment we talked about excellence that will increase your influence and what you're doing now has a great impact on your future. That was the motivational segment. We talked about uh, moms a little bit, talked about how some of the changes of moms and even women today in the workforce and how that relates to money. And the last segment we were ending up there with uh, talking about a lot of people are looking at deleveraging risk and, and using uh, bonds is a way to do that. And it's historically been the place or the spot where people would go to reduce risk. And that is go into bonds. So the question is, should we do that? Well, we're going to talk about the, that in just a minute. And then we're also going to touch a little bit on pro athletes and some of the things we're seeing there. Got a great uh, kind of little thoughts for you that way. At any point in time, though, by the way, if you have questions about what you're doing, you know, this show is powered by Wall Private Wealth. Many of you may know, or if you don't know, now you will know, we have a private wealth firm that primarily works in helping families and people protect, grow, reduce taxes on their wealth, completely independent. We can use any investment structure through the Clarify platform that exists out there in the marketplace today. We have three divisions of clients that we work with, families we work with. The first one is a million and above. So that's someone with at least a million dollars of investable assets. Then we have a private wealth division, which is $25 million and above, and then a pro-athlete division. So if you qualify for one of those divisions, at least a million and above, private wealth or even pro-athlete, that type of thing, you want to say, you know, I just want to get a second set of eyes on what I'm doing. You know, the markets, I heard you say last segment, are a little bit choppy, which is true. Uh, I've been doing all that I've been doing. My my current team, my current advisor, my current coaching is telling me, hey, move into bonds or, hey, let's do this. We can do that. And there's some other solutions out there, and you kind of want to find out what they are. Then I'm going to challenge you to give our team a ring, 888-511-WALL, 888-511-9255, 
or visit leanonthewall.com. As always, we want to make sure we offer that special offer to the moms out there. And I mentioned before, I'm going to give all the moms a, a free copy of our book away. Should they want it, you can go and get a, a copy of our best-selling book, Retire Once, Retire Well. All you got to do is go to Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Michael D. Wall, W-A-L-L, MichaelDWall.com. And we'll go ahead and make sure, just put your information in there. We'll get you your copy, your free copy of the book out. All you got to do is cover shipping and handling. Well, let's dive in here to a little bit about what we should be doing and what it looks like to deleverage risk in general and how we should be doing that. You know, Roger Ibbotson, I talked about before, he's a gentleman that I connected with a couple times and uh, at the New York Stock Exchange, really, really smart guy. He's been in the game a long time. He sold some of his research to Morningstar. Many of you have probably heard of Morningstar out there. It's a company that gives independent uh, research and analysis on stocks and mutual funds and ETFs, very widely known name. And he sold some of his research to them several years ago. He's also the uh, founder of Zebra Capital, which is a a little over $2 billion hedge fund. And he's a Yale professor. He's written on many, many things over the years. And he does a lot of the work at the NYSE as well, New York Stock Exchange. So he wrote an article in Forbes, and we're happy to share this with you, by the way. If you want to get this, just go to leanonthewall.com, and you can click on more information or request review and just say, hey, I'd like a copy of that article, and we'll get it to you. But basically, he's talking about de-risking bonds. And here's what he says. This article was just recently written back in April. He's talking about conventional wisdom has been to increase allocations to bonds as retirement nears. So that's typically what people would do, conventional wisdom. That's, hey, let's move more into bonds as you move towards retirement. But then he says, however, I'm concerned that if interest rates were to rise and you have to step back there and ask yourself the question, do you think interest rates are going to rise? Well, we know that the Fed already has risen interest rates five or six times over the course of the last year. They're queued this year to raise interest rates roughly three to four times. And there's a projection that they might raise them again another three to four times next year in 2019. So he says there, however, I'm concerned that if interest rates were to rise, traditional fixed income returns might underperform, underperform in the coming years. And people may be setting themselves up for disappointment in retirement. So he's talking about bonds in general or the fixed income space and how those are probably going to underperform in the coming years because of interest rates rising. Now, what is interesting is he has a little part of this article that says bond buyers beware. Bond buyers beware, he says. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Again, this is Roger's word, Roger Ibbotson. He says, bonds have done very well over the past 10 years, from 2007 to 2016, almost matching large cap stock returns. Now, if you aren't aware of this, this is not him speaking, but I am now. If you aren't aware of this, bonds averaged uh, in the last 10 years about 6.48%, almost 6.5%, whereas large cap stocks, now this isn't the entire stock return of the entire market, this is large cap stocks, have actually averaged 6.95%, almost 7%, okay? But what's what's interesting is that's what they've done. But he says, Roger goes on and says, over the past 10 years, almost half of the total return for bonds was attributed to capital gains. So over half of the total return for bonds was attributed to capital gains. And this is because rates have been falling and prices are rising. 
Now, in contrast, over the long term, total returns for bonds are dominated by yield with almost no capital gains today. So this is a this is kind of an eye opener in a lot of ways, because, you know, when you take a look at bonds in general, I'm, I'm off the article now. And again, if you want to copy that article. Uh, that Roger wrote in Forbes, very eye-opening, called De-Risking with Bonds Can Be Risky. You can either just Google it, or if you want, reach out to us, leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com, and click on Request My Review, and just put your information in there and say, hey, I'd like a copy of this article with Roger Ibbotson. And what's interesting is this, when we take a look at monies and investing in general, remember last time when we talked about women and, and their thought and knowledge, but it's really about knowledge for all of us as well to say, what should we do to protect ourselves? And there are ways to kind of come off market that are, quote unquote, in our opinion, kind of bond alternatives. Uh, in fact, uh, Zebra Capital has an index inside of some of these structures. There's a the big A word, annuities. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about annuities. Some people love them. Some people hate them. But I think annuities are, the, are one of the most misunderstood investments in the marketplace today. And one of the first reasons is, is because there are some out there that are really bad. So let me preface it with that. There are some really bad annuities out there that I would never recommend that you buy. The other thing is annuities at this stage in the game are confusing because there's different types of annuities. You have immediate annuities, you have fixed annuities, which fixed annuities work very similar to bank CDs where you put money in and it's going to be there for a period of time, three, four, five years, and you get a particular interest rate and then the product's over. The immediate annuity that I mentioned initially is where kind of the older mental definition of annuities for consumers where you, you give a company a certain amount of money and then they pay you an income stream immediately for the rest of your life. So that's an immediate annuity. And then we have a fixed annuity. And then you have a variable annuity. And the variable annuities are annuities where you're investing in the market. You have what's called sub-accounts. So you're investing in the market. The problem that I see a lot of times with variable annuities, though, and this is why I typically do not recommend when we create financial plans for clients any type of variable annuities, typically is because variable annuities usually are very expensive. So variable annuities can be very expensive. They have sub-account charges. They have mortality and expense charges. Uh, and they have other potential rider charges, depending on the riders that they put in. So, you know, sometimes this can be positioned from advisors as though, hey, this is a way to protect your money on the downside, but we get the ability to be in the market. And unfortunately, when you unpack a lot of these variable annuities, regardless of the company that they're at, depending on how they're written, they can be anywhere between total fees in the, for the year of two and a half to as much as four, four and a half percent. I've seen about 4.38 percent is the highest I've seen. And, you know, that, that can be very, very expensive. So you've got to be cautious of that and what you're buying in. And then you have equity indexed or fixed indexed annuities. Now, a lot of times uh, these can be something where you have just your insurance only people writing and they're out just selling a product. But if this is done correctly and used as part of a plan and actually shopping the correct investment, what you'll find is these products, these investments have actually performed the better ones, the ones that are consumer friendly, have performed actually very well. In fact, the Wharton School of Business did a study on these specifically, Professor Babel did, in 2010 talking about them. In this article that uh, Roger Ibbotson wrote, that's the founder of Zebra Capital, he talked about them as well and how they can be a nice kind of alternative to bonds. So if you have a question about those, again, not all of those are good. And I want to I kind of caution you with that. It's like anything else. You know, there, there are some stocks that are good. There are some stocks that are bad. There are some bonds that are good, some bonds that are bad. There are some ETFs that are good, some ETFs that are bad. There are doctors <laughs> that are good, and there are doctors that are bad. You know, And so from that perspective, if I go to a doctor and that doctor isn't 
doing the right thing for me or they're not a good doctor, uh, that doesn't mean I'm never going to go to doctors again. It just means that I'm going to go find a, hopefully keep searching to find a doctor that's right for me. And when you take a look at any investment inside the portfolio, whether it's a, a stock or a bond or an ETF or annuities or uh, exchange, you know, not exchange traded, but alternatives off market, we do a lot of things with real estate and things through the Clarify platform. One of the things you got to remember is we always want to do our research on the pros and cons of every investment and ultimately understand what is the overall goal overall desire is what we're trying to do. And so my whole point to this is we want to move away from the day-to-day shift of just doing what we normally do and move into the idea of saying, hey, you know what? Let's actually take a real deep approach on why I'm doing what I'm doing and how can I approve what I'm doing and get better results potentially along the way as well as uh, have the ability for greater protection of my money should the market turn over. So if you got a question about that, again, this segment, we're a little bit dialed more into that, but our the show being powered by Wall Private Wealth, our team is there and ready to kind of help guide you in that. All you got to do is call 888-511-9255, 888-511-9255, or visit leanonthewall.com to learn more. Now, the last couple minutes of this segment, I want to dive in and I want to talk about pro athletes because this is something that we also have a division for. And this is something where we see oftentimes, you may or may not have been aware, but 80% of professional athletes actually go broke two years after they retire. We got a, we got a quick clip here from a gentleman that's, that shared some thought about this on Fox Business just recently. The toughest thing for an aggressive young athlete is to think defensively, Mm -hmm. is to think, well, I'm going to make more money than I've ever made in my life. How do I make that last? Short career, long retirement. So short career, long retirement, you got to think differently. You got to to approach it differently. And that's exactly why this is a big, big issue. Now, this isn't necessarily just related to pro athletes. This is also related to folks who maybe have inherited money. You're in a place where, you know, you've inherited a bunch of money. Maybe you're younger. We've seen cases like this before. And, you know, you're kind of like, okay, what do I do now? How do I, how do I create a plan that's appropriate? Should I still trust and, and use uh, the structure and strategies of the people that I've been connecting with? You know, we had someone that inherited a bunch of money and uh, their attorney's fees, just their legal fees inside the trust for the year was almost $6 million. Now, this is a pretty large trust, if you can imagine, but the legal fees were almost $6 million for the year, which is crazy. So you need to make sure at all times that you evaluate anytime money moves, anytime you retire, anytime you've inherited money, or even from the pro athlete perspective, as they're preparing for going pro, you got to have a plan in advance. We've worked with some different people to kind of help aid in some of those plans so they can get to where they need to go. But in life in general, I wanted to bring this up because in life in general, oftentimes, you know, we can look at uh, athletes and other folks like that and say, well, geez, okay, they, they really need to prepare. But, you know, maybe me as a business owner or someone else, we don't. And I want to challenge all of us as we're listening to this to make sure we're getting the right planning in place. And that's one of the reasons that we're so passionate about education. And again, you can go to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com to grab more education. If you want to learn more about how you can dial in and potentially increase your return, potentially reduce your risk and help you really protect, grow, and reduce taxes in any economy, do that. Go to leanonthewall.com, get more information, and reach out to us and the team there at Wall Private Wealth if you have a specific question. But next segment, we got a great guest, actually two guests coming up, Ricky Aikman and Earl Buchanan. Ricky is the founder of Inner City Innovations, talking all about how he grew up and struggled, grew up in in, in drug uh, dealing and drug abuse, and, and just saw a lot of his friends be killed around him. And he took that 
and then he was connected with people that actually encouraged him. And he took that fuel and said, I'm going to change this and I'm going to change it right where we are. Very compelling stories. You're going to want to hang in for that. It's coming up right after this. Hi, this is Michael Wall. And if I started quoting statistics for you about slavery, saying that 40 million people were held against their will, you would probably think that this was a history lesson about the 1800s. But that figure is accurate right now. Human trafficking is now one of the world's fastest growing industries, putting mainly women and young girls into forced labor and sexual exploitation as well as organ harvesting. Operation Underground Railroad is a nonprofit group that is doing the difficult work of rescuing these victims and arresting those responsible. Most of us can't do this dangerous and vitally important work, but we can help. How can we help? Go to OURfilm.org. Again, OURfilm.org to learn more. If you took the population of LA, New York, and London combined, it would not equal the number of people who are victims of human trafficking. Join me in this fight to protect our children from this horrible act. The only way this will stop is if good people get involved. Again, go to OURfilm.org, OURfilm.org to join the fight. Helping families grow and protect their wealth. This is the Michael Wall Show. You can't stop me! Can't stop, won't stop. With a big set. Welcome back into the Michael Wall Show. We are joined live in studio with two special guests, Randy Aiken and Earl Buchanan. You know, a lot of times on the show, if you've been listening to us, you know, we have listeners now in over 110 countries all over the world. So first off, let me just say thanks again for joining us, dialing in and listening to uh, all of the stuff that we're sharing on how to improve your wealth, improve your life, live with purpose so you can live on purpose. And we have two guys joining us today, Ricky Aiken and Earl Buchanan. Kind of a cool story because, you know, a lot of times we have business owners, we have leaders that are doing really well in business in the world in general. But oftentimes we talk about charities. And, you know, one of the things when we talk about charitable giving and giving in general, it's easier for people to just kind of write the check and say, here you go. But it's not often that many folks will say, you know what, hey, I have grew up in a system that was rough and I'm going to stay here and actually make a difference and add value. And that's exactly what these two guys are doing. I met Ricky actually a little while back. My wife, believe it or not, introduced me to him. She saw him on Facebook and some of the stuff that he was doing. He is in an area, uh, if you're not from uh, the Palm Beach County area, he's in an area called the Riviera Beach area, which is... West Palm. West Palm. Okay, thank you for clarity. See, that's why he's going to jump. He's here, baby. He knows where he's from. So let's just let him tell the story. So Ricky, first off, and Earl, thanks for joining us on the show today. No problem, man. And, and, and Ricky, why don't we start out and you tell me a little bit of your background and why you're doing what you're doing so the folks out there can kind of understand where inner city innovators came from. Yeah, well, to state it simply, you know, I come from the struggle. You know, my mom struggled with drug addiction. I was raised by my grandmother uh, in the housing projects based out of West Palm Beach. And uh, life was rough. You know, the Tamron Corridor, where I'm from, is an area notorious for poverty, drug abuse, and violent crimes. So when you're growing up, your older brothers are dope dealers. You're watching your mom and older family members gripped by addiction. You don't have any positive influence. Mm. So the choices for you at that point are pretty grim. You're mm-hmm. either going to sell dope or smoke it. And uh, I'd rather follow in the footsteps of my older brothers and selling drugs. And I wasn't like a neighborhood dope dealer. For me, it was more dabbling in it. But it didn't take me long to realize the hopelessness uh, that following in my footsteps, in the footsteps of my older brothers would lead me to. Mm-hmm. So 
thank God I had some good people come into my life, uh, mentor me mm. uh, and show me things outside of my norm and uh, taking what I was taught. I've been able to kind of create a movement mm. that I designed to reach people that were like me growing up. And, and how did that start, Ricky? Someone coming into your life? I mean, wh- wh- where yeah. did that all kind of start? I was about 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I was a high school dropout. I was dabbling in the drug trade. Mm-hmm. And um, I had these mentors through an organization called Urban Youth Impact. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't so much the programming. It was the relationships. You know, yeah. the more I spent my time with these people, the less I was spending my time around my friends, yeah. getting shot at, getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the biggest change for me. My exposure to these people exposed me uh, to things I probably wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise. They encouraged me to get my GED. Mm. I went to EMT school and graduated from there. Wow. And uh, I, I started realizing things I never thought were possible for myself, you know, because I never did well in school. I was mm-hmm. labeled as early as third mm-hmm. grade. So I really had no hope for my life and future until uh, these people came into my life. Well, you mentioned to me one time we talked before you were living outside in, yeah. in the backyard, I think, for yeah. or somebody's we, backyard. Yeah, tell, we me, were, tell us about that. We were living in a shed behind an abandoned house. My, my mom's drug addiction, it just was really getting the best of her. And that was the only place we could find shelter at the time. And I was me, my little brother, and my mom. You know, we survived by eating um, snacks from the local corner store. Uh, it was just a really rough time. It was the poorest we had ever been in our life. You know, mm. we're always on public housing, always... Uh, in the system, but we were outside of it now and uh, life was very brutal. It was just brutal. And that it wasn't when you're in that situation, it's normal. Yeah. So we weren't looking at it like, oh, poor as me. It was just like, this is what it is. We got to survive. And Mm. right now, this is where we got to survive. And tell me about your perspective of the world outside. You know, I mean, were you were you kind of conditioned or trained to believe that, you know, everybody else out there is you know, bad or evil or they got it easy. And we, I yeah. mean, we, what, what did that look like for you at all? Was there well, any of that going on? Absolutely. I felt I came from a hopeless place, you know, and we were walking to the library just to get to the library on Clematis from my community. Sometimes you pass through nicer neighborhoods. Mm. And as a young man, I felt guilty walking through those neighborhoods, you know, mm. because I wasn't white or I didn't have the access to capital that other people had. So, you know, you felt that. I felt that as a young man coming mm. from my community. I felt that people were judging me uh, based on my appearance and the color of my skin and where I came from. That That's just what it was back mm-hmm. then. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What broke you through that and kind of changed the perspective to say, you know what, it's it's about me making the decisions that I yeah. need. It's, it's not about necessarily out there it's about right. in here right right i always talk about the you know the space between your ears you know right. that's yep. that's what we got to control yep. let's get that under control and we can do amazing things what made it click for you and i know you know you're you've had a relationship with the lord which is awesome yeah uh, so talk about what what kind of caused you to say that it's time that was the biggest change you know that was the biggest thing that those mentoring relationships brought to me was my relationship with the lord because it began to shatter those paradigms that i was less than anybody else mm. because of mm-hmm. where i came from it actually gave me the belief that I was more resilient than people coming right. from a uh, more privileged community. Yeah. And that's the Absolutely. asset that I try to instill into my young men. Where you come from doesn't make you any less than anyone else. It makes you more because once you learn how to adapt and use mm-hmm. these things, these adversities as your stepping stone, nothing can stop you. Well, and I think that's a great point because, you know, a lot of times we hear from the media that, you know, if you're more quote unquote privileged or whatever it may be. And, and you know, even with us, we've been yeah. in business 17 years. I've never been given anything. We've worked yeah. hard for everything. Yeah. Best thing my dad ever did for me is said, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go make it happen. Yep. But what's interesting is what you don't hear out there is that, you know, two thirds of the very successful people or more in the world 
really went through major struggle yeah. at a young age. Yeah. Grew up in rough situations. Yeah. And that resilience, I think, is so huge because, yeah. you know, I, I love the quote that says, champions are not made on feather beds. Right. 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 And, and we want to raise warriors, not wimps. Right. Right. Warriors that are willing to press on and press through when no one else is. And everybody's just willing to kind of go with the current. Yep. So you you kind of broke out of that mentally, came to the Lord, and, and then you decided we're going to start this this uh, inner city innovators, right? Yep, so, so walk me through that, and then we'll get to Earl because he's been so patient. It's my firm belief that the real change happens when the people who need it lead it. When you think about the amount of money that, is, that government has invested in communities of concentrated disadvantage, not much has changed. When you think about the fact that there's a church on every block in our community, yet hopelessness prevails. You mm-hmm. know, uh, the number one problem I think that happens for young people like me is that we feel helpless and hopeless about our circumstances. So it was my mission and my priority to give people like me power. Me and my cousin saw the gun violence happening and we said, we have experience with this. We know what's going on. Why aren't people like us stepping up and speaking up? Mm-hmm. And it's because they felt hopeless before. So we wanted to kind of build a platform for young people like us to rise up and to begin to use whatever little influence we had to make our community safe mm. and hopeful again. So, and that's what drove us. That's where it came from. And so let's let's position here and transition a bit to Earl. And, and so, Earl, I know you're kind of mentor yeah. I guess, or wh- whatever word you use there as you're coming along and doing your thing. How did you end up connecting with Ricky? Um... I end up connecting with Ricky because when when my best friend Johnny Davis passed away, um, Ricky had reached out to us as, you know, comfort, you know, that we can come to him if we needed someone to talk to. And then Ricky had this plan that we should come up with NEC Innovators and we should be the ones who put a stop to all this gun violence that's mm-hmm. going around in the community. I love that. And so what does it look like, uh, Ricky, each and every day? I mean, what are you guys doing? I mean, I mean, one of the things that we talked about is, you know, a lot of people when they kind of rise up and they kind of mentally change and they get excited and whatever lead movement will often leave, right. you know, quote unquote, the hood, I guess. But yeah. you've decided to say, we're going to stay planted there. We're going to stay rooted there because we're on the streets. We know the people. We have the influence right. that a lot of the other out- people that don't live in the hood, so to speak, they right. don't have because they didn't know the people, right? Exactly. So, exactly. so tell us what it looks like kind of the day in, day out. What what does that look like? Yeah, well, the hood and the, the community, it has aspects of communities that don't exist in other places uh, mm. in our country. You know, it's okay. a place where people like to be outside, socialize. It's a very social environment. So my whole aim is to reproduce leaders mm. in that environment. I shouldn't be the only one standing up and speaking out against gun violence. These young people are now more acquainted with the problems than I am. Mm. So I want to really equip and empower them to be the change that they want to see in their communities. And we do that through hybrid mentoring. Mm. We combine individual group and uh, peer-to-peer mentoring and uh, we focus on social emotional learning because we want to teach these young people how to process their environment in a way that's not self-destructive a lot of times you don't know how to deal with your mom being on drugs your brothers in and out of jails and those community dynamics and it kind of pushes you into a section of life that you don't even want to be in Mm. so we want to give our young men the paradigm they need to succeed against all odds well I love that and uh, Ricky and Earl I just want to say first off I'm excited for you guys and what you're doing and, and what you're passionate about you know anything worthwhile takes effort and as you know it's not going to be easy right if it was easy anybody could do it exactly you know but at the end of the day we've been we've been as a country i believe families are the root and the it's not government it's not government it's not you know people say okay if we just pass more laws and pass more rules and whatever well criminals don't 
obey the laws anyway. Exactly. So that's nonsense. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But what it comes down to is families and people actually deciding that we're going to rise up and yep. make real change and take accountability. That's yep. hard. It is. You yeah. know, accountability in, in, in daily endeavors. I love the acronym for pride, which is personal responsibility in daily endeavors. Mm. I'm going to have pride in my life. Not, yeah. not like I'm proud. Hey, look at me. I'm so right. cool. But I'm going to have personal responsibilities in daily endeavors and really taking accountability for everything thing that I do in making the choice. People are going to follow someone, right? Yeah. So so I love the fact that you guys are stepping up and being the voice. By the way, as you're listening to this, if you want to learn more about what they're doing, Ricky and Earl and the rest of the crew, you can go to innercityinnovators.org. Again, innercityinnovators.org. You can learn about what they're doing, the programs they're involved in. If you want to get involved financially and donate, maybe you want to come down and, and, and do some work with them, whatever it may be, but innercityinnovators.org. But hey, listen, Earl and Ricky, thank you so much for joining us no and, and taking some time to come and share your story. My pleasure, thank man. you for the opportunity, Michael. Absolutely. Well, guys, thanks again for joining us. And hey, thank you for dialing into the show. It's been a great one. If you've missed some of the previous segments, a lot of great information. Make sure you go back. Special message for moms. We talked about protecting your wealth. We talked about uh, really enhancing your situation for the future based on what you do now. Some great nuggets you're not going to want to miss. So make sure you subscribe to The Michael Wall Show if you're listening to this via radio or go back and listen uh, again, just to refresh yourself. At any point in time, you got a question for us, leanonthewall.com. Uh, we're happy to help and guide in any way we can. And remember, this is all about living on purpose so we can live with purpose. Let's add a bunch of value to other people's lives and see our society and our world change one life at a time. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Michael Wall Show. To schedule your personal wealth review, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. To find out more about Michael and the team at The Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of Future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than what originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Financial Group Inc.